0: This is the Cross-Border Interviews. Welcome to the Cross-Border Interviews. I'm your host, Chris Brown. We are back after a week being off, and we are continuing our year-long series on municipally elected leaders from across this great country. Today, we are heading to my home province of Ontario, and we're heading to the town of Milton to sit down with Ward 3 town councillor for the town of Milton, Councillor Adil Kalki. Councillor Kalki, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, uh, Councillor, let's get the first question out of the way, and it is the question I've asked every single municipal leader. Where did your sense of duty to serve come from?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know what, uh, for me, um, I'll give you a little bit of background about who I am and about myself, um, and you'll see how that led to me to my career here in uh, municipal politics. So ever since I was little, um, I've always wanted to be a police officer because the value I see in giving back to the community, serving people, um, and, and just generally helping people solve their problems is something that inspired me to work hard as I was young, through my adult years, and then successfully become a police officer. And I did that by volunteering in the community heavily. I did that by continuing my education in public service. And... Being a police officer, I realized how much I loved the job and I made the right decision by going into that career. And I wanted to extend that service, you know, into another role, which is also in relation to public service and giving back to the community in the capacity of uh, municipal politics.
0: Now, before we get into the town of Milton, I want to stay on who you are, who Councillor Kalky is. And I want to know, was politics always something that you were interested in? Was it something that was discussed around the dinner table growing up? Or was it something that you grew into in uh, your later years, like so many people I've talked to on the show?
1: Yes. So I first got, uh, when I was 10 years old, that's when I first got involved with politics. uh, Believe it or not, I was... uh, Uh, at the age of 10 in Toronto which is where I lived at one point and over there um, we were in municipal election season and uh, I just happened to come across a candidate who was running for uh, one of the ward that I happened to live in at that time and uh, for whatever reason I was really attracted to you know the the campaign buttons the campaign shirts and talking to people and uh, I started knocking on doors with this one candidate and joined the campaign team and I really loved you know being out there connecting with neighbors, with families, with, with I, I wasn't shy. At 10 years old, I was knocking on doors in, in these apartment buildings. People were looking up because I was short at that time. And then they're looking now they're like, oh, it's a kid. They thought I was lost. But no, I was actually canvassing for uh, another candidate in that area. So that's what got me uh, involved in politics at that young age at the volunteer level. And uh, what inspired me later in life uh, at this point to pursue a path in municipal politics, I guess, at this so- point
0: getting involved that way at that young of age, it must not have just happened overnight. Like it wasn't that you walked into that person's campaign office and said, hey, I want to volunteer and I really want to get a passion for municipal politics. Did you know the candidate before you actually got involved in the campaign or was it more of a there's an election going on? Let's see what this is all about, because when you said buttons, you spoke to my heart very much because I'm a very big button collector and I go around collecting buttons and that's how I got involved in politics. But for you, was it that connection with that candidate or was there another underlying circumstance that got you involved at that such a young age?
1: It was definitely the connection with the candidate and then just the other volunteers that were already there the positive energy and the excitement you know that was there was really um you know something that i wanted to be a part of and but what more uh, you know got me interested into it was uh, the part where we speak to residents and speak to other people who you know believe in who they're going to vote for because they want somebody to represent them and you know that's something that i felt you know really inspired by and that's why i joined the team and uh that's pretty much it in a nutshell
0: you know why municipal politics though like you you in 2022 which was last year when you were first elected you were you chose municipal politics you could have chosen provincial you could have chosen federal but at that time in 2022 you said okay this is the this is the level of government I think my service would best represent my community. So, what made you go into municipal politics?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. I I think um, it's it's smart and it's the right thing to do for somebody who needs to get the experience level first of all. Like you know, running for a federal position or a provincial position is a really big responsibility, and if you get the job, you need to know what you're doing. But in order for you to know what you're doing it starts at the grassroots level and that's where municipal politics comes into play because your basic fundamental issues of everyday life is what a councillor is uh, quite frankly in charge of um, solving, making well or, or representing in, in government and I think starting off at the local level is a great way to first enter into government um, and politics because it gives you the sense of uh, organizing yourself in terms of prioritizing resident concerns, listening to the concerns people have. There, you have to build your own brand because there aren't any parties. So no one can say that you won because uh, the Liberals had a wave or the Conservatives had a wave. You, know, you, you have to go out there at the grassroots level, connect with people at the doors, make your case with residents and have that charisma to be able to allow residents to support you and then deliver once you're there in that position. And municipal politics is the best way to do that. Uh, On top of that, I am currently a police officer, like I mentioned. And uh, obviously, in Milton, municipal uh, town council is a part time job and I am able to do my full time job at the same time at uh, the police service I work for. So it's a balancing act, but it's doable.
0: I think you're the very first person to ever say that a town counselor, while it's part-time it's actual part-time because half the time you are on 24 seven. Um, but I want to know because this is the big crux because what made 2022 the year that you wanted to get involved? Was there a local issue going on in the town of Milton? Was there a burning issue that you wanted to address or was it more that people were asking you, Hey, uh, Counselor, well, Adil, um, get involved because we think you would be the best voice on council. What was going on in 2022 that made you finally say, okay, I'm the right person at this time? Because you had, I'm assuming, worked on campaigns prior to this, but 2022 was a different year for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? This was a unique year in the uh, ward that I'm currently representing. You know, it was a time when the current counselor in this area uh, prior to me being elected had uh, made the choice to run for a different position and there was no uh, incumbent and, and I like that previous councillor because I think he was doing a great job um, however there was no uh, current uh, like incumbent running at that point and I felt like that was a good opportunity for me to you know really extend my public service into the community I've called home for over 10 years and uh, that's what ultimately inspired me to you know Take on that position and take that chance to put my case forward and represent the community I've lived in for the past decade. So that's mainly what uh, inspired me to run at that point.
0: So I want to talk about the election campaign for a second, and I want to know because you seem like you seem to be a person who has the pulse of their community. Being a police officer, being someone who's volunteered a lot for different organizations in your community, when you were out door knocking, though, when you were out actually door knocking door to door. Were there issues that were being raised at the doorsteps that you were unsure that were going to be coming up and you were happy that they came up because then if elected, you'd be able to address them? Or were they more macro issues like education, healthcare, or were there more micro issues? What were they? Yeah, you know what?
1: It's It was your everyday things. It was uh, really? people in Milton actually seem to be pretty. Um, you know, competent in the fact that they know which tier of government is responsible for what. And um, it was nice to see that uh, Milton is so integrated and invested into its municipal government. So they know what questions to ask at the door. We have a very smart uh, group of residents here in Milton and in Ward 3 as well. So they were asking questions about what they can we can do as elected people to improve things like road safety, right? Adding those traffic calming measures. They were asking about how we balance the growth that we're seeing in Milton, which is very exponential, with the services that we uh, have in Milton, which is snow removal and other municipal services. So it was a balancing act of those type of questions. And yeah, there were a few questions that uh, treaded into the territory of federal or provincial responsibility. But uh, my response to that wasn't that, hey, it's not my jurisdiction, I can't help you. My response to that was, well, give me the concern that you have, and let me connect you to the person that will be able to solve it. So like I said, being a were, they, are, were they open yeah.
0: to hearing that 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 line of sort of rebuttal to their issue? Because you get elected, you, you're you not elected just to represent the, the town level. You're there to represent all people and their issue is important to them. So when you said I'm happy to connect you with the right person who would be able to address that, or would they say, sure, thank you. I didn't think that that was this level of government. And I'm glad that you directed me in the right direction.
1: Yeah, you know, it definitely caught some people off guard that, uh, you know, a solution came out of something that uh, was in my responsibility. I'm, I'm big on finding solutions, right, and, and saying yes to people. I, I, even right now, there's some things which really I can't have any control over because there are some concerns that come up every now and then. But uh, I always like trying to say yes to people. This is how I can help you. And for me, if that means going the extra mile and going above and beyond to connect them to the appropriate person, I do that all day long. You know, because that's what it means to, in my other job, being a police officer, people expect us to solve their their issue and their problem um, that they've been having for many years in some cases in less than five minutes. Right. So transferring that transferable skill over to this role, knowing that people are expecting the person that's in that position that they voted for to solve that problem. Even if we don't have the answer, I think people expect and it's our duty as elected people to give them uh, a means of getting an answer or a solution. And that's what I try to
0: do. So come October, the chips are on the table, the polls have closed, and you have officially been declared councillor-elect for the town of Milton for the Ward 3. Yes, Ward 3. I just wanted to make sure I got that one Um, right. What's the first thing that goes through your head at that moment? I can imagine there's a celebratory moment in your body where you want to enjoy it. Was there for you?
1: So contrary to what some of the, the other candidates did, um, they, the town had a facility booked out in which uh, they were having a viewing party. I didn't go there. I actually went straight home. And uh, I went out and I started removing some of my signs as soon as the polls closed because I just couldn't watch the results. Um, a, a little while later, my phone started blowing up with some calls. Uh, the first call was from, I believe, my dad at that time. And uh, he, he told me that uh, it's looking good. So I said, you know what? Call me when it's over. You know, because the results come in, they don't come in all at once, right? So, uh, so who called going, you? But who called you and told I, you? It was yeah, it was my dad who called me because <laughs> he was home watching. He said, "You're not gonna watch. I'm gonna watch for you." So, he was uh he was at home watching and he was really excited about uh, what was going on. Um, so- but yes. I- Go ahead. Yep. You you get that call. You you
0: then ha- celebrate a little bit because you you've, all the hard work that you've just poured into this campaign has paid off, and you are now the councillor elect for the town of Milton. When does that yeah. celebratory moment turn into okay? Now the real work begins. Now the decisions that I make are not only going to affect me, my family, but my neighbours. The decisions I make around that council table are going to affect the day-to-day lives of everyone in our community. They may be small issues, but the budget just got passed. I know that. Or it is in the process of being passed. Um, When does that sink in for you? Or is it still sinking in that the decisions you're making are affecting the people that you were just elected by.
1: It, it sank in shortly afterwards, <laughs> you know, realized that uh, that whole weight of representing an entire you know community in a particular area is now on your shoulders. So it, 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 it didn't last too long that feeling of, you know, immediate excitement and you're not thinking about anything else. It lasted for a little bit, but um, it was almost instant. By the end of the night, later into the night, it was like, okay, the hard work has just begun. You know, and uh, but it was exciting. I never dreaded or anything. I actually was optimistic and excited about it because uh, that's what I wanted to do. I, I I knew that if you work hard and you put in the effort and uh, people believe in you, you're able to make things happen. and uh, it's it's exciting. I, I love every second of this job, and um, I do my best to do it well.
0: We are at the 100-day mark, roughly around the 100-day mark of when you were first elected. What's been the biggest eye-opening experience since being elected to council in the town of Milton for yourself?
1: Yeah, the biggest eye-opening experience would definitely be the fact that uh, it's really up to you. As Since, since, like I said, it's it's a part-time position here in Milton— we don't really have any uh, like personal staff. We don't have an office or anything of that nature. So it's really uh, 90% a hybrid position because council meetings aren't happening every day. They only happen once, maybe twice a month, right? So um, it's really a culmination of making sure you're staying connected with residents regularly, answering your phone, your messages, your emails, um, checking in on your, your social media, staying active there. So that way you can, if, you, if you're not listening, if you're not hearing the concerns, you won't be able to go into a council meeting And advocate for the the community that's expressing that concern so um a lot of that work has to be done hybrid and it comes down to individual responsibility right at the end of the day so it's it's yours to yours to lose quite frankly as a counselor which is uh i expected that but it's really you know interesting being in the position and uh seeing that actually happen and play out
0: i want to ask a, a an odd question and i apologize if it comes out of left field here because you are a police officer and I, uh, you are with the, and you're not with the Milton Police Services, you're with the Brantford, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Brantford uh, Police Service. Yep. So it is not the uh, town that you represent, which you work at. So I wanna know this, being on being on the that side of the council table now and looking at budgets and looking at uh, issues around uh, policing, does it give you a different perspective that you thought you might not have had going into this job that you're going, okay, as a police officer, I know what the, uh, for, the uh, for those who don't know, either uh, the Ontario Provincial Police, the Brantford Police Service, uh, RCMP might need that my other counselors might not be thinking of?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. That, your lens, like policing is such a unique job too, right? When you are you get hired on, you go through that training, you look at the world in a different way, right? You're looking at uh, a means. Does that as, serve you better you know, around the council table? Absolutely. Absolutely, I think it does. And uh, it's it's part of who I am, you know, being a counselor, when you're an elected person, when you're a police officer in that position, it's not just a job. It's It's who you are. It's an extension of the kind of person you are. Because being a police officer, you're going into those people's worst days every single day. And you really have to empathize, listen, put yourself in that person's shoes, come up with a solution, right? And that needs to be done through a different type of lens in the, in the policing world. And I, I think in the, in the politics side of things, government side of things, that that transferable lens is very much applicable here as well. Now, that being said, Milton is a low tier municipality, which means policing is actually provided by the region of Halton in this case, so I don't oversee anything to do with the police budget or the police service here in Halton, uh, plus I wouldn't be able to voice a say on that either because of conflict of interest. That being said, when it comes down to issues like road safety or issues like uh, community safety zones, adding more traffic calming measures, I'm all over that because I know what works and what doesn't work, you know. so. Uh, That Having that lens, I'm able to put forward that argument in council, make that case and have other councillors buy into that. And that's how we get things done in relation to the crime prevention, community safety lens of things. And uh, I think that type of lens can be applied in any decision that you're making.
0: I want to turn to the town of Milton now. And before I do that, I want to preface this question by saying this. This is a conversation between the councillor and myself. This is not a motion at council. This is not a direction of council. This is his opinion. We often get emails about this question whenever we ask it. In your opinion, councillor, what is the biggest issue facing the town of Milton today?
1: Uh, The biggest issue I think right now, especially in Ward Three, but I think a general generality can be made here, is we are growing very, very quickly, and we need to do a better job, I believe, at balancing our. the, the infrastructure that we have here and the, the municipal services that we have here to so ensure that that's keeping up with the growth that we're seeing right now. You know, we, we pride ourselves on being the lowest taxed municipality in, uh, in, in region of Halton and in the GTA to c- compared to our nearby municipalities. Um, but I really think we need to reassess the fact that people are asking for more services, better quality services, and that will require us to make that investment into that So that way we can keep up with the growth that we've been seeing. So I think that's the biggest challenge right now.
0: So I want to, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here because I I used to work in a a municipality. I know quite well in their communications department. And I know there's a lot of NIMBYism out there, not in my backyard. We want our community to stay the way it is. We like the size that of our community. We don't want to see it grow. How do you balance that and, or, I should ask is there any nimbyism in the town of milton that people say we don't want growth we do not like it we want to keep milton the way it is right now because we like it and that's
1: why we've moved here indeed absolutely there is and uh however uh, on my end of things i'm representing ward three and uh, we have we have four wards. where three and four are the areas that are growth areas these are areas that are newer development and uh, are seeing more development coming. So the kind of population we have in this area is welcoming towards growth because they're part of that growth. You know they understand because they're coming from other municipalities that a growing uh, municipality will require us to make that stronger investment. So I don't rep the, the area that I'm representing isn't the area that's primarily anti-growth or more hesitant towards the growth we're seeing. Um, which is why my campaign was designed on being that progressive voice to. Um, invest more in our public services to improve road safety and keep up with the growth that we've been seeing.
0: You bring up a good uh, question that I was going to ask a little bit later, but I'll ask it now. You were elected to represent the people of your ward. But at the end of the day, you're also there to represent the town you you have to make the decisions based on the betterment of the town, not just your ward, but the town. Yep. How have you been able to balance that? Because there might be things that in the budget that was just passed that may there might be money for Ward 2 or Ward 1 or Ward 3 or Ward 4, and you still have to vote for it and then go back to your constituents and say, guys, I wish we would have been able to get this, but for the betterment of the community, this is the best budget for the entire town and not just the individual
1: wards. Yeah, absolutely. So the balancing act is very easy to do. If you are a counselor or a person that works with your colleagues well, you know, so keeping engaged with your, the person who's sitting right beside you on both ends, right, that's representing Ward 2 or Ward 4, keeping them in the loop, not just doing your own thing, because that's not how we get things done. In council, we need the approval in our council, at least five votes to be the majority and get things uh, passed and and done in council. And that requires us to uh, work collaboratively, with our colleagues and each individual colleague's responsibility is to ensure that they're gathering, the they're listening to what people are saying in their particular area, working with their colleagues and then delivering the best type of um, motion, I guess, to move forward in council with to pass and that'll affect the entire town. So that constant collaboration and conversation with the colleagues is the way through that. That's what I do and which is why we're able to get things done, which is why in this budget too, If we do end up talking about it, there were a few motions that I brought forward that were able to get passed because I did individually speak to each and every council, got their thoughts and uh, drafted motions particular to everybody's consideration.
0: So let's talk about the budget, because this is going to be coming out... in March, so I want to talk about the budget because it's the biggest thing that the especially new councilors have to sort of yeah. grapple. Once they're elected, they get thrown into budget uh,
1: sessions. It was it was uh, th- three three meetings, and the third <laughs> meeting was the budget meeting. So talk about get, talk about getting thrown in the deep end, but exactly uh, both
0: threw- so. When you're looking at a budget, particularly on the newer perspective, because this budget hasn't be, just did not come out of the woodworks when you got elected, it's been going like process of uh, budget and what people want started earlier in the year in 2022 for you when you got that first hand on that budget binder, the proposed budget binder, what was the first thing that you did? And how did you then go to your look at yourself and say, OK, this is what's been proposed what i've heard at the doorstep does not address what this budget says or does address it what what was the process for you to ensure that the budget that was just passed reflected the needs and wants of your community
1: well first of all uh like i said third meeting in they threw the budget (laughs) at us really thick document multiple documents and uh, it's overwhelming i'll be honest about that you know it's uh It's a lot of uh, reading that needs to be done, but uh, you know what, there's a smart way to go about it, right? So the path I chose about it was to, you know, meet with town staff in in the departments that were applicable to the issues that I heard at the doors and really got an understanding of where those issues lie in the budget. An example of that would be uh, the Milton Fire Department. You know, this budget in 2023, the one we just approved, allows for the hiring of six new full-time firefighters, a platoon fire chief and a fire training officer, which is big. Uh, you know, and that's really big. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're short 18 firefighters. So it's a bit of a consolation there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, pretty interesting there. We had a whole presentation from the chief of fire in relation to that. So there's more that needs to be done. But uh, I'm glad that this was in the budget and it got approved. But that being said, that's something I campaigned on, right? That's when I talk about investing more in our municipal services. Fire department is absolutely part of our municipal services. But beyond that, Parks development, redevelopment, these type of things were all in the budget, right? So getting that insight from staff and that explanation in councillor friend friendly language really helped decipher through the, that lengthy booklet. Um, that being said, I campaigned on four different priorities: road safety, investing in public services, making parking more lenient, and keeping engaged with the community. Short and simple platform, and uh, I kept that close to me when I was going through the budget, and that's how we were able to make some necessary amendments. And uh, I was able to put forward two motions in two things that really spoke to my platform. One being um, funding for photo radar, automated speed enforcement, and uh, funding for two new six meter buses for our transit department in ward three and four areas. So uh, uh,
0: you propose these amendments. That's correct. People are excited about that. People are, I've asked this to a lot of counselors, so please do not think that I'm just throwing this on you because I'm just playing devil's advocate because I like to do that with counselors. People are struggling right now. How do you balance the need of growth? Because we talk about that issue at the beginning of growth with what you want done in your community because people are struggling and you can't get more tax dollars out of the uh, the residents or your neighbors. So you have to be conscious of what, choices you're making. So when you were proposing these, did you look at that option as well? Because inflation is at an all time high, people are struggling, people are still recovering from COVID-19. When you were looking at that budget, and you were proposing that uh, the uh, photo radar, but also the two new six meter buses, was that in the back of your head as well? And did you have to sort of play some acrobats in your head to say, okay, we need to do it? And I know we will have to find some savings somewhere else, or we may have to increase taxes somewhere else.
1: Absolutely. No, it's a great question. And it was a really, uh, you know, definitely in my mind during the budget meeting, because there's no dispute that it's been a a tough uh, time for residents with the cost of living going up everywhere. Things, uh, you know, increasing in price everywhere as well. Uh, Now, that being said, this budget did deliver a blended tax rate that was lower than the rate of inflation. And it continues to keep, Milton, the lowest tax municipality in the region of Bolton and compared to our comparable municipalities, whilst we're still offering amendments into the budget and uh, the quality services that we are uh, delivering now. The, the funding for Ford Radar did not increase property tax because of where the money came from. The money came from a tax stabilization reserve, which kept that uh, 72000 in this case for not being felt from the taxpayer at this particular time. In addition, the transit funding, that did increase that blended rate a little bit, and the rate a little bit, but it was, I believe, 0.03%, something along that line. It was very minimal in nature, and um, I think we need to do a better job, is what I campaigned on. I heard it at the doors. We need more investment in our services, and my choice to add that amendment into Uh, The budget was supported by other councils, we had the majority there, which is why I got through and it spoke directly to what I heard at the doors. so it's a balancing act but we still delivered a budget that kept tax increase at a reasonable level and kept it below the rate of inflation.
0: Now, not everyone got what they wanted in that budget. I guarantee it. I'll put money on that right here, right now. If I go talk to 100 people in your town, in particular, let's say your ward, and I go ask them what issues are important to them, they're going to say that pothole in front of my house, that sidewalk, that park needs upgrade, maybe more transit, maybe police uh, force uh, more fire uh, men. How do you balance that? Because again, you have to look at the bigger picture, but you also have to then go back to your residents and say, I fought for it. At this time, it may not happen this year. It may happen in 2024. It may happen in 2025. It's not not on my radar, but it's not going to be in this budget this year. While you said earlier in the interview you want to find solutions for people, you like to say yes to people, during budget you have to say no. And I think you know that, right? Yeah. So yeah, how do you how do you how do you how do you look at your constituents and say, okay, we need to find a plan, but right now the plan isn't your issue as it is resident X's issues more important right now because their sidewalk or their pothole is in worse repair yeah. than yours.
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. So so what I do when a resident emails me or gives me a call is I immediately consult with the appropriate staff at the town to ensure that we're giving a response to a resident that they can you know live with and understand that this is the reality of the situation we wish we could immediately solve this particular issue but we can't but look we've t- taken in your comments and your feedback into um our pool and we will get to it at a certain point and there's always room for improvement you know my at the end of the day my job as a counselor, is isn't to solve everybody's problem. It's just not realistic, it's not gonna happen. There's gonna be people where we can't solve their problem just because of the reality of the situation we're in. That being said, that can't, that's not gonna stop me from being an advocate for that person in council, making that statement in council and raising that voice. At the end of the day, our role is to be an advocate for the community and you can still do that and you can try your best and that's all you can do. In some cases, you're not gonna be able to deliver in every particular situation, but again, listening to people realizing helping people realize that you tried and that you'll continue to try is something that can get you through that
0: last question in this uh, segment before we turn to our last one is about engagement it was one of your key
1: pro- uh, platform issues
0: when you ran in 2022 and engagement is one of those things that people throw around you you are active on social media and i can attest to that because that's how we connected you you seem to be uh, out there you seem to be at the events How do you get to the greater public though? Because not everyone's on social media, not everyone's doing what uh, the average millennial is doing. And I, I hate to generalize here, but how do you engage with all residents and not just the echo chamber that might be social media or your web? Like if you have a mailing ad, a mailing list of people, how do you address all people and engage with the majority of people in your ward?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, one of the ways to do that is I campaign on hosting uh, public meetings with residents. That's something that I haven't implemented just yet, just because we're still getting used to, you know, the other parts of being a councillor, but that's coming eventually. Um, but I plan on sending newsletters out to residents throughout the ward to keep them engaged through um, the form of letter mail. But at the same time, as soon as the weather cooperates a bit more, we just had a snowstorm the other night, um, I plan on, you know, in spring, summertime, getting back out there at the doors. I'm not a person who's one of those people like, hey, this guy got elected and he's he's never going to be seen again. That's not who I am. I will be at the doors every single year. I will throughout the year, I'll be at the doors. And that's my way of staying engaged with people. Um, and then obviously responding to people on social media, responding to the concerns that do come in uh, through the uh, the phone or through email is something that I've been doing. And I've been staying on top of that.
0: So I want to turn to the last segment now because I'm very cautious of time. We're coming up to the 30-minute mark, and I used to hold you 40 minutes. And I want to talk about tourism because I'm a tourist, and I like visiting communities, and I've made a pledge if you come on the show, I will go spend my economic development dollars and my tourism dollars in your community. So get ready to see Chris Brown in the cross-border interviews in the town of Milton later this year. So, counsel, counselor, i I've got to ask the question that is on everyone's mind because we have listeners from across this great country and around the world. What should a tourist do in the town of Milton? And what are some of the hidden gems that most people don't know about, but you want to make sure people know about when it comes to tourism?
1: I would definitely take a look at the uh, the beautiful escarpment that we have. Uh, there's a, there's a nice set of conservation areas that we have on our escarpment. It's a beautiful backdrop there. And please visit the downtown core and support those local businesses that are there. There's some amazing local businesses on our main street. And uh, those two things, I think, trump everything else that, uh, Milton has to offer here, but uh, definitely visit those things. And the, the small mom and pop shops, the the local businesses really are the core of making Milton what it is, balancing with the new growth as well. so. Where
0: do you go? Where do you go after a long day at work, a long day of a council meeting? Is there a place in town that you can just go and get away and decompress? And before you answer, I've said this to every other councillor, so you're no exception. You can't say your own house. You have to say a place that's actually in the public. So is there a local watering hole or is there a local uh, brewery or a park that you go to to just decompress and just let the things that just got to you that day go away?
1: Yeah, I grab a few of my friends and I go downtown to one of the coffee shops that are there. there. There's there's a good handful of them. We try to get to every single one of them on a rotating basis. And uh, for me, I'm a pretty simple guy, a bit of a nerd over there in that sense. But uh, just going for a coffee with a group of friends, that's that's plenty enough for me to decompress if I need to do that. So that's what I do. So my
0: last question for you, Councillor, before I wrap up is this, and take as long as you want to answer this question, but what makes the town of Milton such a unique place to live, to work, and to raise a family?
1: Well, that's a great question. And uh, what I strongly think makes the town that is the fact that we are a, a composition of both an urban community, but a rural community as well. We have a unique uh, municipality, because we have a combination of both of those things. You know, if you want to live in a more country style area, there are places where you can uh, buy a house and uh, be in a more open area and enjoy that green space. And if you want to live in the heart of the town, in that more urban style environment, you have that option as well. And we have a various, you know, different types of housing to offer here as well. So it's not just the single family dwelling, it's different types of infrastructure we have for housing. So it's unique to whatever you want to make it. It's Our town slogan is a place of possibility and the way we are managing that town is speaks volumes and it speaks directly to that so we, uh, we definitely have that to offer.
0: Councillor I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sitting down over the last 30 35 minutes and chatting about your community chatting about yourself. And chatting about the issues that are facing your community. We often forget that municipal politicians are people and they often forget that they are there and they're the ones that are, are front lines. If your garbage doesn't get picked up, you're the first ones that hear about it. So thank you so much for doing what you do and being part of your community. But I, I, I guarantee you, I say this a lot, but your community is well served with you at the council table. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day to sit down and talk about your community.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It was a pleasure to be on your show.
0: So with that, I want to remind everyone, put down social media for at least five minutes a day and go have a conversation with somebody. Helps our society, helps our democracy, and helps us be a better people at the end of the day. Tomorrow, we are heading to Estevan, Saskatchewan to sit down with Councillor Tony Cernick. Please tune in for that. Until then, remember everyone, just keep talking. (music)